going, Knicks fans? Welcome back to Fireside Knicks with your boys, Alex and Dylan, coming off a Game 1 victory over the Cleveland Cavaliers. What a win. The bench was excellent. The entire team was really excellent. Seeing Julius Randle coming back after not playing for 17 days uh, with the left ankle sprain, he looked like he didn't skip a beat. He was aggressive. He was an animal. He wanted it. Jalen Brunson sent from the baseball gods to save us from purgatory. That was an unbelievable performance, Scott. Having Jalen Brunson just really gives you a reason to love this Knicks team again. He, at the point guard position, he brings such an excellent presence there. We're going to talk about it, talk about the bench points, talk about kind of this win and react to it as we look ahead to game two. And uh, winning in Cleveland was a big one. Keeping them below 100 points was an even bigger win because that's a very, very good team with Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell and Evan Mobley. What they managed to accomplish in this game, the, the Knicks defensively, was nothing short of outstanding. And I, and I really want to talk about that. I really want to talk about the offensive performances from a few individuals and the hustle of Josh Hartman. That guy's got to be a Nick for a long time because his value cannot be put into question right now. He is absolutely fantastic and he's playing his ass off. He wants to be here. You can tell. But Dylan, how you feeling after yesterday's win? I'm feeling great. I mean, that was an amazing win. You know, that, that game was very nerve wracking. I'm not going to sit here and lie. You know, during that fourth quarter, I was like, oh, no, they're falling apart. This is that that doomsday situation where we're going to end up losing after winning the whole time. But, you know, Jalen Brunson came through like he has all season long. You know, he had a fantastic night. He had 27 points. I'm looking at it right here. You know, he didn't have the most efficient. He went 11 to 24. We've seen more efficient nights from Brunson. But, you know, it got us the win, so we take it. And he had a phenomenal second half. He had a very slow first half because he got into foul trouble. I think he had three fouls, so he only played like nine first half minutes. But then the second half, he took over in that third quarter. He had 21 points in the second half total, and I think like 12 or 13 of them in that third quarter. I mean, he was just, he was locked in. Whatever whatever kicked in, you know, he wouldn't, wouldn't miss. He was having a phenomenal second half. It pretty much carried us to that victory. You know, Julius Randle was great in the first half. He had 16 points, but then he kind of slowed down in the second half and only had three points. But that was okay because we, we were able to give the ball to Brunson and let him do his work. You know what I mean? It was kind of like a, a your turn, my turn for each, each by half type thing, you know, and that's what I like to see. You know, and you hit on Josh Hart as well. Phenomenal playoff debut. 17 points, 10 rebounds, 8 of 11 from the field, and he hit that huge huge three-pointer in the final minute to give us back the lead that we would not end up relinquishing. That's phenomenal. You know, impact like that. You know, he was hustling all night long. He, he was playing amazing. Josh Hart was amazing. I'm so happy Josh Hart is on this team. You know, it was a great pickup by, by our front office. You know, I don't think it was really coincidence that we went 19 and 7 in the 26 games with Hart in the regular season. So, you know, and it kind of showed last night how well he played, you know. And also, our bench, our bench was way locked in more than Cleveland's bench. You know, our bench scored here a total of, um, I can do the math right here. So, that, you know, they had 12, 17. They had over 30 points. You know, they had over 30 points. They had like, I think, 37, if I'm counting correctly here. And Cleveland only had 14 bench points. So that's a huge disparity, you know, and I think that's going to end up making a huge difference down this series, you know what I mean? It's something I've been hitting on all week long leading up to this series that our bench is a lot deeper than Cleveland's. You know, usually in like the early parts of the series, it may not matter a whole lot. It kind of mattered in game one already, you know, and down the rest of the series, it's going to matter even more as guys will start getting tired from playing a lot and, you know, you're going to need to rely on the bench more. So, you know, just a phenomenal game all around. It wasn't, I wasn't, I'd be lying if I said this was the prettiest win we had. We only shot eight of 29 from three, which is not ideal, but you know what? We won the game. So 
you take it. You know, you obviously don't want to shoot that bad every single game because eventually you're not going to be able to win all those games like that. But the fact that you're able to steal this one on the road despite shooting that bad, that's phenomenal. That that gives me a really encouraging sign for the rest of this series. You know, and if they really start clicking, they can end up heading back to MSG up 2-0. That would be phenomenal, you know, if they could snatch two games on the road. You know, I kind of just want your input, I guess, on, like, how, how well the bench performed. You know, I thought the bench was phenomenal, and I kind of just want your input on that. Yeah, I mean, look, you, you referenced the three-point percentage, and, yeah, they only shot 26, 27.6%. And as you also said, if they can increase that to a regular average clip of, let's say, 34 35%, they blow this Cavs team out. It's not even close. You know what I mean? Like this was this was a complete blowout if they're shooting average uh, from three point range, and they were well below it uh, in this game. So you know you saw Jalen Brunson was one for four. Barrett was one for five. Grimes was one for four. Barrett, you know, not the most impactful. Had a couple of really nice defensive plays though. Six assists, four steals. Those steals ended up becoming big. Almost every single player on the Knicks starting team had a steal except for Quentin Grimes, who had a plus ten, uh, plus minus. Nonetheless, you know he played twenty seven minutes, only five points, but defensively he was out and you know donovan mitchell he's gonna score 35 plus points on you every single game like you can't stop him you just have to limit everybody else and they did that just tremendously evan mobley scoring eight points is the difference maker in this yes he had 11 rebounds but evan mobley when he's scoring that cleveland team is very dangerous keeping him below 10 points is the reason the knicks won this game um because as i said if you let donovan mitchell score the majority of their points darius garland contributes to 15 to 20 everybody else if you limit mobley their primary like third guy there you can have a pretty good uh, defensive game. So, you know, the Knicks did a great job of that, but the bench points. Josh Hart, I hope to God, I think it was an ankle kind of injury that he suffered late down the stretch there. It looked like it was his ankle, a lower leg thing. But he played through it, and he was toughing it out. And you could see, I mean, he hit that three-point shot with a couple with a couple of seconds left there um, on the shot clock and drains it. Um, and he was still shooting and being aggressive and, and rebounding in the hustle. 17 points from Josh Hart was the difference in this game, in my opinion, you know? I mean, it was, like, logically, if you look at just the scoreboard his 17 points does more than enough to get the Knicks over the hump but Obi Toppin contributing nine points hitting you know one of two shots from downtown only played 14 minutes but that's because Julius Randle was playing excellent the entire game Hartenstein really great on the boards had a couple of big moments five rebounds two of them offensive Hart had five offensive and five defensive so you see quickly who didn't have a great game played 24 minutes usually he's contributing a lot more offensively um, you know they were just running with Brunson just giving him a lot of opportunities and he was making those clutch shots it is so nice to have a, a point guard who can just pull up from anywhere and drain those shots with ease. And it looks like he just knows it's going in. You see it go up, and you're like, how is first of all, how is he getting that shot off? And second of all, how the hell is it going in every time? Brunson is a thing of, of magic. He's a catalyst for this Knicks team. As long as he's playing well, we have a chance against anybody. But as Tom Thibodeau said, we're going to need to play better across the board because this Cavaliers team is a great squad, and if they're clicking, if they're firing on all cylinders, it is not going to be easy to limit them. So Evan Mobley, we did a great job of him you know, not scoring over 10 points, but if he does and he starts to take over offensively, it's going to be really hard to stop him Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland at the same time so I'll ask you this um in the next game here who are you focusing on you know are, are you looking at Evan Mobley again saying we got to lock him down defensively he's the one like if they if he scores a lot their chances of winning probably skyrocket but if you can limit him to 10 to 15 points your chances of emerging victorious really look good and the, and the Knicks had a really great presence on the interior in this game thankfully because of Josh Hart's effort yeah, no, I don't disagree. You know, stopping Evan Mobley was pretty huge. You know, he only had eight points, and that's pretty huge. You know, I like the way they were handling Donovan Mitchell. I know Mitchell had 38 points, but that's Donovan Mitchell. He's going to get all those points. He's going to take a lot of shots. He will score a lot. He's one of the most gifted talents in the entire NBA. 
not many people can stop him, you know, so I can't knock on the Knicks for that. They played him pretty solidly, though. You know, they were double-teaming him, you know, when he would drive to the paint, not letting him get, you know, tough layups in. He's still got some here and there, but that's just because that's, that's Mitchell. That's what he does. You know, he's going to hit his three-pointers. They need to close out on threes a little bit better, you know, get better contests on that. I will say they need to improve on that. But I did like how they were kind of trying to force the ball out of his hands and letting guys like Isaac Okoro shoot a lot. You know, Isaac Okoro is not really a good shooter at all whatsoever, so having him shoot the ball a lot was a huge thing why we were able to get many rebounds and why we were able to get many like transition points and all that stuff. So, you know, the way they game plan that was pretty well in my opinion. You know, I really liked what Josh Hart did on uh Donovan Mitchell down the stretch. I thought he guarded him phenomenal. You know, there's like I said, it's it's very hard guarding Donovan Mitchell, period. And I know Donovan Mitchell got in a bit of a scoring spurt toward that fourth the end of the fourth quarter, but down the stretch Hart guarded him pretty nicely and didn't let him, you know, heat up again and give them the lead and potentially win them the game. You know, Hart locked him down. Hart did really well. And having a piece like that that comes off the bench that can do that for you, that's phenomenal. You know, I love that. And so, you know, just looking at this next game, you know, I don't think there's really much they need to change defensively. You know, I think they played pretty solid defensively last this game. You know, RJ Barrett had four steals and he didn't even shoot the ball well at all whatsoever, to be quite honest with you. You know, he had to get he had to get benched in the last few minutes of the game because of a bad turnover. You know, but defensively, he was there. I'm not going to sit here and act like he wasn't impactful defensively. So that's huge to have that, you know. So looking at the next game. You know, there's not much they need to change defensively. I think the the issues more need to be addressed on the offensive side of the ball. You know, they can't shoot 8 of 29 from 3 again. You know, they only shot like 40, what was it, 44% from the field or something like that, or 42%. Not a pretty percentage by by any means. You know, you don't want to be shooting that low in a playoff game. You know, you get away with it for game one because you won, but you're not going to get away with that the entire series. You're not quite frankly, because Cleveland is a good team. They have a lot of star power. Donovan Mitchell is one of the best scorers in the NBA. So you can't let that, you, you just can't shoot that bad again. You can't. That's that's what I think they need to address more. You know, defensively, yeah, they yeah you do want to, you know, adjust, obviously, and don't let Donovan Mitchell score 38 again. You don't want that because then if the other guys get hot, then, you know, you're, you're in trouble, right? But still, not much they need to change defensively, in my opinion. Just get those shots to fall. Take smarter shots, you know, Get those shots to fall in, you know. They, that's that's what I think about it. I mean, what do you think about that? I think the offense needs to be addressed more next game. Well, absolutely. I mean, look, 101 points is not enough to win on a daily basis in in the NBA, especially during the postseason. So you really need to be scoring 110 plus in the playoffs. Um, this was a defensive kind of masterclass uh, from the Knicks, and you're seeing that because the look at the rebounds, right? They out rebound Cleveland 51 to 38, and that is ridiculous considering Cleveland has one of the best rebounding teams in basketball with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley being those primary guys that just rake them in. Um, but you see the Knicks, like look how spread out it is. Julius Randle finishes with 10 you can see you know Mitchell Robinson has eight and then you have Josh Hart with 10 so you have two guys in the double digits and a lot of really good supplementary players who are stepping up um, and making things happen but you know you also see how the scoring is spread out pretty evenly uh the starters Jalen Brunson Randall they lead the way but then the bench comes in and takes a big step forward here I think the difference here uh, so the next game if I was going to put 
uh, some value, some stock into a player that I think rebounds and has a really good offensive performance, it's going to be Emmanuel quickly, right? Three points for quickly. That's a rarity. That's a that's an anomaly. You don't see quickly only score three points in a game very often. I think next game he bounces back with 15 plus points. He shot 0 for 5 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3. Just didn't look like he had it. The Knicks were, you know, let's give it to Brunson, give it to our guys that are hitting, um, you know, those shots from the field. And Brunson was just doing so good on the baseline from those pull-up jumpers in, inside the arc that, you know, you just keep running those. Um, Randall, 3 for 10 from 3 point range, you know, 30%, obviously not a great clip. So you're asking a little bit more from him in the next game. Um, but he started out strong. I think he hit 2 for 3, and then he just kind of got a little bit, uh, you know, deteriorated, decreased from there. But quickly, that's my guy for the next one. I think that Josh Hart, traditionally he's not scoring 20, uh, 17 points per game, but he can contribute 10 on average. I think that's his average with the Knicks so far. So 10 points from him, but quickly, if he, if he puts together 15, 20 points, you're going to see this team score 110 plus. But I think the, what you said really made a lot of sense in that Josh Hart was on the court because uh, his defensive prowess against Donovan Mitchell was really helping down the stretch. He was getting in the way and he was making good shots and he was rebounding like crazy. So that's why he gets those minutes, unfortunately, or rather fortunately for the Knicks, but unfortunately for quickly. Uh, but that doesn't mean that quickly is not going to play a big part um, in the next couple of games. I think offensively, you're going to see him take a big step forward. He's going to be uh, just a tremendous asset off the bench. And we'll start to see how they kind of uh, work around some of these guys. Because you see RJ Barrett, you know, negative 13 plus minus. He's one of the two players in the Knicks, or rather three. Uh, he had the worst, second worst compared to Mitchell Robinson who finishes with eight rebounds. But, you know, R.J. Barrett seems to be a little bit of a liability, if we're being honest. Defensively, like I said, four steals. Uh, but do you think that R.J. Barrett's kind of role could decrease in favor of maybe a guy like Quickly or maybe Hart as, you know, getting more starting minutes here? Hart actually outpaced Barrett when it comes to minutes 33 to 31. But how do you think they continue using R.J. considering he has been struggling a bit the last couple of weeks, if not this entire season? Right. I mean, I kind of think RJ's role is definitely going to decrease. I mean, you know, last night we saw he had that bad turnover and then they took him out and put Grimes in and we ended up winning the game. You know, we went down when RJ committed that turnover. And quite frankly, you know, I'm just gonna be honest, if Tibbs kept him in, I don't think we would have won that game. I don't think so. You know, RJ was fine defensively, but offensively, it was just not a good night at all. It was a nightmare. And quite frankly, this past two months have been kind of tumultuous for him offensively. So, you know, now that we have Josh Hart here, I definitely think, you know, Josh Hart's going to get more burned than RJ down the stretch. You're definitely going to see Hart getting those closing minutes. Quickly, we'll probably get those minutes too, or Grimes, whatever you need defensively for size or any of that and shooting, all that stuff. So looking at that, I definitely think RJ's role will decrease a bit. I think RJ is going to end up becoming more of like a guy who will start the game. He'll start the half. He might start the fourth quarter, but he won't close the fourth quarter. You know, that that's the type of guy I kind of see out of RJ now at this point. I don't really see RJ as someone that's going to be like someone we need to depend on down the stretch. I'm kind of like lost on that now. You know, it was someone I was holding out hope for throughout the, throughout the regular season that he would kick it up a notch toward the end and maybe into the playoffs. So far, we haven't seen that. We haven't seen that. Maybe it'll change down this, in this series. Who knows? But right now, we have not seen that. And right now, you kind of need to just go with the guys that are clicking and that are rolling. And those guys are like Josh Hart. I know Quickly had a bad night, but I expect Quickly to turn it around. Quickly has been just phenomenal this year on both sides of the ball. I, I don't expect him to have another goose egg or another three-point outing, whatever. I don't expect that again. I expect a better outing next, next, next game in game two. So looking at that, I just, yeah, I, I don't really think RJ is going to play like a I don't I don't want to say key role because he did play well defensively and we did need that but 
I don't think he's going to exactly be someone, like I said, that you kind of are just going to give the ball to down the stretch and hope to get you buckets. I don't expect that. I think, you know, down the stretch, the ball is just going to be in the hands of either Brunson or Randall, whoever's really heating up at that moment. You know, and Josh Hart's going to be on the floor for the defense and the rebounding, you know, and the layups, all that stuff. Because Josh Hart's kind of the jack-of-all-trades type of guy. Josh Hart can get you basically anything you need. You need a guy who who needs to hit a clutch three-pointer. You got Josh Hart. He did it last night. You need rebounding. You got Josh Hart. He had 10 rebounds last night. You need good finishing. You got Josh Hart. Josh Hart's a very good finisher, very good in transition. You know, so seeing things like that are very encouraging. And honestly, it warrants more playing time. And that's quite frankly why Hart did play more minutes than Barrett last night. So, yeah, just looking at that, I think Hart's going to end up playing the more bigger role in this series than RJ. I think you know, quickly we'll probably get those closing minutes alongside Hart and Brunson, maybe Grimes too. I mean, we saw Grimes do it last night and it worked. So maybe Tibbs goes back to it if it's another close game. Well, I guess we'll find out the hard way, but that's kind of how I feel on RJ. I don't really think RJ is going to be like someone we depend on anymore. What do you think about that? I mean, look, you have better players that are performing better right now. So you have to kind of go in a different direction but that doesn't mean you you leave rj parrot out of the plans the whole like ideally rj would run the second team when the when the primary scorers leave the floor right when when julius Randle leaves the floor when jalen brunson are off the floor getting the rest you expect rj to step up and lead that offensive charge and be efficient but it hasn't been him it's been quickly this season so with that being the case rj can still be on the floor you know he has value in some ways he you know spreads the floor out you know can play some decent defense at times but your primary score is going to be quickly. And that's, you know, and Josh Hart, you know, taking a big step forward here, obviously providing a lot. Quentin Grimes, you know, a lethal scorer from beyond the arc, and he's got some aggressive some aggressiveness to his game. But I think right now you're asking the other players, right? If Barrett went two for 12 from the field, you know what I mean? Like when you're two for 12 from the field, you got to start thinking, we need to give those shots to somebody else. We cannot be running plays that are featuring him as prominently if he's not going to make the shots. But we had this discussion a couple of days um, ago. Ryan and I talked about, you know, Barrett, the fact that he's only, what, 22, 23 years old. He's a, he's a child. He's a kid. You know what I mean? He has a lot of time left to develop, and that's what the Knicks are banking on, the fact that he will develop and get better. But right now, he is not hitting that stride. He's not in form. We've seen him go crazy out of nowhere and have ridiculous games, but it's the consistency that lacks. Quickly has been consistent. Hart is consistent. Grimes has become more consistent. Those are the guys I'm looking to take those shots instead. I'm going to be giving some of that market share to him, to those three um, over Barrett, unfortunately for him. But that doesn't mean he isn't a valuable player. So, you know, I, I definitely agree with you in the sense that his his role will diminish. It's just a matter of how much and how many shots he's going to take per game. So, you know, I, I kind of feel like that's uh, the end all, uh, you know, consensus. I imagine most people agree with that at this point, right? I imagine you probably think, uh, right now, those three guys should be the focal points. No, yeah, absolutely, they should be. And like you know, like you just said, I'm not like giving up on RJ per se. You know, RJ is only like 22 years old. He's young. You know, it'd be unfair to just give up on a guy who's that young who has so much time to develop, right? But right now, this is the playoffs. This isn't development time. This is send the send your best guys out there and win this game. Even if that means sitting RJ if he's having a bad night. You know what I mean? Like we can't set. We can't like just you know, cross our fingers and hope RJ hits shots down the stretch in a close game in a playoff game. No, if he's not hitting his shots, you got to get him off the floor and you got to get someone who is hitting, hitting their shots. And last night in that case, it was Josh Hart. He was hitting his shots. So therefore that's why he got that fourth quarter. You know, RJ wasn't hitting his shots at all down that stretch. And it, you know, and it kind of a desperation move you put in Grimes. Grimes wasn't really doing much offensively, but you kind of just did it out of desperation. Cause like, you know, 
RJ was kind of costing us the game. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, I'm not trying to be pessimistic about the game. It was a very good win. I'm very happy about the win. But it is an issue that has to be addressed because RJ is supposed to be someone you want to depend on. And right now he's not being that guy. So that is a, it's a massive issue, you know. And we've got to hope that, like, it doesn't become this bad throughout the rest of the series. But at the same time, I can't necessarily expect RJ to come out and drop 30 anymore. I don't have that. Like, my ceiling or my expectation, whatever, has lowered significantly at this point. You know, I expect Brunson and Randall to do the bulk of the work, and RJ is kind of just there as, like, the the fallback or the, the third option, like, the the kind of, like, insurance in a way, but not, necess- not necessarily somebody you want to, like, definitely give the ball to down the stretch. You know what I mean? And so, like, just looking at that, I... It sucks to see his role diminish, you know, because I was very high on RJ last year, and I really thought RJ was going to take another step forward this year because he has been ascending every year in his career. And, you know, on the stat sheet, you'll go, oh, he averaged 19 points. He had a very good season. If you look at what he's doing more, you'll see why, you know, you'll see why the fit is kind of an issue, you know, and it brings up the question again if, like, Barrett and Randall can coexist, you know, it brings that up. And I know you probably don't want to discuss that during the playoffs. Right now, you just want to focus on winning these games in the playoffs, all that. But it is a conversation that is going to have to be had at some point, you know, and after seeing how Barrett performed last night, it's definitely a cause for concern. You know, yes, it's game one of the playoffs. Who knows? Maybe he will turn it around in game two and have a phenomenal game. I would love that. But, we don't know that for certain. You know, it's been a very topsy-turvy season for RJ just in general. So we really don't know what to expect out of him at this point. And at this point, you got to kind of find the guys that are more consistent than that. And that's why you're playing quickly and hard and guys like that over him. So, yeah, that's my take on it. Absolutely. But, guys, I'd love to hear your perspectives below in the YouTube comments about this game. It was a tremendous win. It was a defensive masterclass. But if we increase our three-point percentage, continue to limit guys like Evan Mobley, uh, those like kind of their third-level scorer who's capable of massive games, and out-rebound them and out-hustle them, and we did it in their house, when we come back to New York, they are facing a different animal. This is going to be a team that feels good, that's resurgent. And ultimately, hopefully, Josh Hart and Julius Randle are good because, you know, Randle looked like he was fine, you know, fighting off that ankle injury, hopefully, you know, continues to rehabilitate and make steady, positive progress. And Hart, you know, that injury scared the crap out of me. We cannot afford to lose a guy like that right now. So, you know, sending up the prayers to the basketball gods to save us this time because we cannot afford those type of injuries. But as I said, make sure to like, subscribe below on the YouTube. Make sure to drop a five-star review on the Spotify and Apple as always. Appreciate it. Love to hear your perspectives below. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Knicks episode.